Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register, along with Tyler Tashman, Des Moines Register. Good to say that, Tyler. It's good to have you. You made it to week two. Uh, congratulations. How are yeah. you feeling? How are you feeling after week one? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling alive. Uh, I'm feeling like <laughs> I'm feeling like I can hear uh, someone mowing the grass right outside of me. So I hope that you don't hear it. But um, okay, good. All right, no, I'm I'm excited for uh, for Big Ten Media Days coming up here soon. Yeah, we we have a lot to talk about actually on today's show. Thankful for you joining us uh, at uh, HawkCentral.com, our YouTube page. This is gonna be a pretty regular thing as we get going. A regular thing this week, to be honest, because um, football season is is kind of here. Uh, I know it's it's a year-round sport anyway, but once Big Ten Media Days hit, uh, for me, that's when you know all my vacations done pretty much. Um, I've got uh, full speed ahead. I'm kind of excited. Like it's I've had a lot of uh, quite a bit of time off this summer, Tyler, <clears throat> and I know uh, uh, it's been a you know without Kennington, it was it was a little bit of a juggle. Uh, between Dargan and myself, but uh, we made it through, and now I feel like we're fully staffed and and ready to roll. We've got Gable Steveson announcing tomorrow night what he's going to do with his future. That's kind of crazy. Uh, we're going to talk about previewing Big Ten Media Days, which start Wednesday in Indianapolis. But Tyler, let's first just look back a little bit. Uh, a few news items that kind of um, ticked off last week that we haven't uh, discussed uh, as a pair given that uh, our radio show last week was uh, all Jan Jensen and Lisa Bluter, which is great. Thank you again to them. So check that out at Hawk Central. Uh, but let's start with the gambling. Uh, Noah Shannon becomes the first Hawkeye publicly named in the sports gambling investigation. Uh, 27 games starting defensive tackle for the Hawkeyes. Very durable for the most part. Um, he did have a shoulder thing that uh, he had to get repaired in the offseason. So, you know, he was a little bit, you know, slow, I guess, this spring. But, uh, you know, he was going to be a – he came back for his sixth-year senior year, and now, you know, his status at least, you know, for the opener, I would say. We don't know how long he will be out, Tyler. But, uh, you know, no matter what, even if I was deep there, that's a significant loss. A couple of things on that. One is we were just talking about this earlier, but I find it – interesting just the timing of things so that he was announced as going to Big Ten media days and then later they say no he's not and Jay Higgins takes his place so that all kind of timing hopefully we can get some clarity on that at Big Ten media days as what their whole thought process was and all the information that that they've collected uh has been but number two is that I think it is a, you know, if he is out or, you know, we don't know, but that, that would be a significant loss. But at the same time, I think I was D line group. If you're looking at one position group on the defense that you can miss someone like that, I think the D line is that because you already have Logan Lee, Deontay Craig, Joe Evans, Aaron Graves, 
you know, to name a few. So you already have like the core guys that were really important last season. You still have that core even uh, without Noah Shannon. I think they just become better with him. But even without him, I think that the D-line group is still pretty strong. I think the bigger questions on the defense come at linebacker of filling the the departures of Seth Benson and Jack Campbell, but also um, in the secondary with Kayvon Merriweather leaving, Riley Moss leaving. Um, I feel like, you know, that Shannon could be out. It's not great, but at the same time, if there was one position group you're looking at as, okay, maybe they can afford to lose, you know, a starter like that, the D-line might be that. Yeah, um, definitely a big loss. I mean, Shannon's a six-year senior leadership guy, uh, grinds it in there. He, you know, he doesn't do anything flashy for stats, but he's he's disruptive despite being like six feet tall and two hundred ninety pounds. I mean, he's he gets low pad level and does what Iowa wants them to do: frees up those defensive ends, frees up the linebackers to make plays. So um, that it's going to be a loss, and uh, Y.A. Black is going to be really good, I think, if he can stay healthy. Aaron Graves can't wait to see what he does uh, in year two as a sophomore. Logan Lee, man, he just looks like uh, he has grown even more on that defensive line. I think he's going to be terrific this year. Um, uh, talk about a team player and a leadership guy. He could have easily been brought to Big Ten Media Days as well. Um, so those three uh, out of the gate are more than fine to handle kind of the lead load if Shannon misses any time. He may not. Um, and then you've got Jeremiah Pittman, who uh, Phil Parker talked about, you know, had a nice spring. Uh, Kelvin Bell did as well, I believe. And then um, the the other guy kind of in there that, you know, maybe we're not thinking about as much as Ontario Thompson. He he came in uh, from Iowa Western, highly acclaimed. Uh, he could be potentially a factor on the on the D line in on the interior, and Iowa was probably pretty good on the outside. Um, so we'll see kind of what uh, materializes um, for depth. But <clears throat> the bigger question, Tyler, is how many games Noah Shan's going to miss? We'll ask Kirk Ferentz. We'll see what he says. He may not know, um, but he probably doesn't know because uh, I think it would have been resolved if it had been resolved by that by now. Um, he wouldn't have been pulled from Big Ten media days. I don't think. I think he would have spoken to it, and um, the uh, you know so that is a little bit of a question. So uh, I know you wrote about it last week. I've written about it in the past, but you know, pretty as long as Noah did not bet on Iowa athletics or Big Ten football or college football, he's probably going to miss no more than 30% of the season, which would be basically non-conference, we think. So um, Ference must feel pretty good that it's going to be nothing too severe if he had included him in this because there's no way he didn't know about it. Um, So the – I don't know. To me, I think it's probably – I'm going to guess it's zero games or one game would be my guess. $200 or less, zero games. $200 to $500, one game. That's kind of the guideline for reinstatement. I don't know. That's just my guess. Uh, Don't know for sure, but I just can't. I don't think it's going to be that serious for him. And, I mean, this is kind of more to the broad discussion of sports betting and athletics. And obviously, we don't know, like, the specific details of what is being investigated of, like, what all this, but... I just, it it is interesting to 
think about, and I know this has been said before, but how there's advertising of sports betting and then people, you know, you look at someone like Calvin Ridley in the NFL who's getting suspended for sports betting. Um, and the fact that they're, they're putting that image out there of, uh, advertising sports betting, and yet they're going to, uh, punish heavily the players that do it. I mean, I'm not saying, I don't think there's necessarily a, obviously you shouldn't bet on your own games or, you know, the outcomes you can, if you have inside information, but to come on with like such significant penalties or things that could affect, you know, Iowa or the teams that, you know, whoever is implicated or um, under investigation, like it just feels, it just feels kind of just, it's an interesting contrast. And I think a lot of people have pointed that out as well, but it, it just, it is kind of, the evolving, you know, landscape of ha- being able to bet on your phone. Like you, you know, you probably, you didn't have to worry about that, uh, you know, 20 years ago, cause you probably had to go to a casino. So, uh, <laughs> I know you're probably shaking your head at that, but I, yeah, that all I really like personally, all I would, I, all I have accustomed to in the sports betting world is really just like on your phone. Like you have FanDuel or DraftKings, whatever, like it's just kind of easy at the at the touch of a button, and I'm assuming that the temptations along with that are a lot more difficult. Yeah, yeah, I had a good day on FanDuel yesterday with NASCAR bets, so I was pretty pumped about that. Really, who, who did you worked, bet on? Worked out well. I had a lot of good matchup bets. I had uh, I had Martin Truex over Kyle Larson, so that worked out well. I'm glad Larson got bumped out of the way, even though I'm a big Larson fan. Uh, who to have? Kyle? Uh, no, I had Christopher Bell over. Uh, Chase Elliott, and then I had um, Denny Hamlin over Kyle Busch. So those are my three big ones. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? Well, here's the thing that's kind of like um, a little bit concerning, though, if you are a Hawk fan or Iowa State fan, um, is that what if this isn't resolved by the football season? Right now, as of the old rules, you know, it's it's an indefinite lifetime suspension, basically for gambling. I mean, that's unless you get reinstated. So, you know, you would hope that the NCAA is going to resolve this um, as soon as possible. You know, before football starts, um, preferably before fall camp starts. You know, to know exactly where guys stand. So that's the that is one little concerning thing in my mind is what if this drags on another two months just like Keaton Anthony and the other guys in baseball, you know, they never got a resolution. Maybe, maybe they just bet five bucks on, you know, LeBron's over, you know, and, and they've been waiting this whole time and they had to sit out 20 games or whatever it was in baseball. So uh, that's another little wrinkle about this. And maybe, you know, that's one thing as we preview big 10 media days, Tyler's, I think Kirk Ferentz potentially, you know, knowing, um, I don't know. I'm kind of curious how he addresses this because it's going to come up. And I could see him kind of being a little bit chippy with how it's being handled or, you know, he could go the other way, which is, hey, rules are rules. We understand that. We're going to abide by whatever punishment. Um, and they are the rules. I mean, you, you have to know you can't gamble on sports if you come into college athletics. And um, so that's kind of the it's part of the deal. You know, it's part of the of, of maintaining your eligibility. So. I don't know. It's uh, we'll have to see kind of how that goes um, this week and then going forward. But I hope. I mean, I hope if Noah Shannon just bet, 
<clears throat> on a few NFL games or a few NBA games, whatever, that, you know, he gets a slap on the wrist and, and is able to to come back. I mean, I think that's – and I would say that for all the Iowa State players too. If that's um, – you know, if you miss one game, you know, that's probably it's probably about right. But, uh, you know, if it's $800 or more in, in wagering, according to the NCAA, you're going to miss 30% of the season. So um, as long as it's not on Iowa, again, if you bet on the Iowa women in this, against South Carolina, which was one of the rumors of, of some of the, of the bets um, – you know, then you might be at, you're probably out for life. So that's, that's kind of part of the deal. Um, we did have, so one of the, uh, I would say, well, let's just, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. Well, we'll see what Kirk Ferentz says on Wednesday. You know, we're probably not getting any more names, but um, maybe, maybe we'll see how many more contributors he says could be out. Uh, you wrote a story last week, Tyler, on Iowa football attendance. Good uh news for the iowa ticket office sixty nine thousand two hundred and fifty will be in kinnick for the first five games of the season uh that would be the utah state western michigan uh i'm doing off the top of my head michigan state purdue and minnesota so those five games are sold out already and less than two thousand remain for illinois and rutgers the last two games of the season um i don't know i mean when you look at this schedule tyler you're a big 10 guy um it wasn't anything i mean who's the marquee team on there it's probably minnesota which isn't saying too much i mean it's a rivalry but still it's not like last year where you had michigan at home iowa state at home and wisconsin at home and nebraska at home you had all four of those teams at home and this year um yeah minnesota's probably minnesota or michigan state or you know might be your illinois i don't i mean there's really no great game on the home schedule yet fans are real excited about it huh I took I took two things away from that. One was that how much people love football in Iowa because after what happened last season watching, you know, going back watching through the way the offense played and and some of the actual like just really bad performances in Kinnick, whether that be they they won the South Dakota State game but they scored 7 points without scoring a touchdown. Um then you look at the Nebraska game. I mean, you're 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 in your home stadium. All you need to do is to beat is beat Nebraska to get to the Big Ten championship, and you're not able to do that. So there were like a fair amount of disappointing home moments last season uh, for Iowa. But it that the stadium that people are flocking to come back to the stadium so quickly shows that just how much people love Iowa football. And two, I think it kind of like validates the expectations uh, for this season, Um, just kind of the offseason moves, getting Cade McNamara, getting Caleb Brown. Um, I think that that validates, you know, what people are excited for and what they're expecting and also looking at at in a bigger context of the growth that the program has made in terms of selling out games over the last few seasons because uh you know last season selling out uh every single home game uh and then you know already five this season could easily see that being every game this season again but the growth that that the program has made from 2018 I don't remember the exact numbers off of my head but uh, from 2018 to 2019, 2021, 2022, 2023, there was definitely 
and you know on an incline if it was on a graph there would definitely be a, a incline for the amount of uh sellouts per uh, uh season Sorry about that. I was trying to coordinate a ride for my son for something later tonight. No, you're good. Multitasking, but I was, but also I was remembering that I did have Tyler Reddick over Kevin Harvick, so it was a really good, uh, really good day. The only pro, the only bet I really was annoyed with was I had Bubba Wallace top ten and he finished eleventh. Oh, I, I, would, were, I wish they would have thrown the yellow flag to get one more restart there. But yeah, I had that. I had that Indy uh, Indy car race on in Iowa, oh, and yeah. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Ferentz did the. Uh, Start your engines. He was making an appearance. So. How did he do on that? I never saw the clip. Was it robust I, or was it kind of reserved? I, it was pretty reserved. I it wasn't. I mean, he would. Yeah. Right, start your engines. <laughs> yeah. I just can't imagine him really yelling in public. But yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too. Crazy. <laughs> like I could see PJ Flack or James oh, Franklin sure. like really getting into it or something yeah. like that. But Tom like, Allen. Tom Allen. Maybe even Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, we should. Have, that would be a fun little Big Ten Media Day story. Like who would do. How would you do drivers start your engines? But um. what about also? Well, I was thinking too because the clip of uh, Jennings Dunker throwing the hay oh bale. yeah. Well, first I gotta say that's new to me. Hey, bale. <laughs> like like that was that was quite an experience watching that. But number two, or and well, also it was very impressive. But number two is like, are we gonna do something like that at the register, like with our? employees like are we going to do like a sports desk like hay bale throwing contest or? oh man uh i think tommy birch would be yeah he kind of looks like a lumberjack so he's got the upper hand i think former uh dowling star dowling baseball star no yeah that'd be fun yeah um <laughs> i don't know man you're probably the most athletic guy we've got in the whole department now so <laughs> well, you haven't even seen me in person yet so I, that, <laughs> I don't know well, how much that's saying <laughs> yeah 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 um Anyway, yeah, this, uh, yeah. What was I going to talk? Uh, oh, the attendance. Uh, you know, I think one thing that plays in Iowa's hands here is it's it's a really nice. It, the, the opponents maybe aren't the greatest, but Kinnick is such a good experience. And then you get, I feel like eleven a.m. for the first game is about perfect because that can get really hot. That first game can get really hot, so I don't mind that that starts in the morning. I know some people would rather have it be two thirty, but you know, you get it at least a cool start to the day. And then I, it's no surprise to me that Western Michigan sold out because it's a 2.30 game, September. You know, you're not into your fall crazy routine, you know, as a family just yet. Um, you know, there aren't any other great games that weekend. And then it's possible the September 30th game against Michigan State could be a night game. And then the Purdue game is listed as either a, a mid-afternoon or a night game. So either way, that's pretty appealing. And it's homecoming. And then Minnesota, you know, on the 21st, that could just be a monster game. I mean, we're going to get into, in fact, let's do that next, previewing Big Ten Media Days, how the West will be picked. But, I mean, Minnesota is right in that top three or four teams this year, um, projected anyway, you know, to be right in the mix with Iowa and Wisconsin. So that could just be a monstrous game at Kinnick Stadium on October 21st. And it comes on the heels of the game at Wisconsin. So the Big Ten West could really be, shaping up by then because the next two weeks after that are uh it's bye week and then northwestern at wrigley field and then Rutgers. so i'm not saying those are automatic wins but it lightens up a little bit at least on paper um so that's going to be kind of a crescendo to the season and at that point already five home games will be underway or in the books for iowa football 
um, Tyler. So uh, kind of interesting. They'll hit their bye week, which is two home games remaining, uh, which being Rutgers and Illinois. So um, this season's just going to go fast. But anyway, let's get to that. Uh, predictions for the Big Ten West will come out uh, tomorrow at cleveland.com, the media poll. Uh, I did vote in it, and I will say uh, I'm I'm fine saying that I picked Iowa to win the West. Um, I I looked at it really hard. Uh, Wisconsin is the betting favorite, um, but I did, le- and I don't usually pick Iowa. I usually I usually don't, um, but this year I did pick Iowa uh, just because I think I just I, I, I believe in Cade McNamara. Um, I think he's going to be good, but uh, I don't know. I'm kind of curious. I, I, I predict that Wisconsin is going to be picked to win the West. I'm mean, very curious to see who's picked to win the East, to be honest. Um, I think Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all have a case um, for the top spot, and I believe Michigan is a slight betting favorite. But uh, any thoughts on the Big Ten West projections that come out tomorrow? I'm interested to see how like the Luke Luke Fickle era kind of takes shape in Wisconsin because we know the success that he had at Cincinnati and and taking the step from Cincinnati though to Wisconsin is obviously a big one. Uh, a lot more expectations, you know, bigger just in the Big Ten, you know, definitely, uh, you know, one of the biggest platforms uh, for college football. Just so just to see kind of how he navigates that and how if he is able to help the live up to the expectations that people would expect him to be able to do at a place like Wisconsin. But then also like, there's just, I feel like there's just with all the new quarterbacks and new coaches, like you have um, Matt rule at like Nebraska uh, who coached the Panthers and uh I just feel like that's it's a, that's an interesting combo. Um, so I, I would say I think uh, I think Iowa and Wisconsin, as as people have predicted, are definitely going to be near the top. And and maybe you could have someone kind of surprising like uh, last season. You know, Purdue actually, you know, uh, really making some noise. Um, but I, you know, I think my biggest thing, and like I've said in the past, is just like I think. Iowa's offense and, and and this isn't really news to anyone but is if Iowa's offense can just be like average if they can if they can be okay if Caden McNamara can doesn't have to do anything crazy but um just put up a, enough points to where uh the defense doesn't have to do absolutely everything like they did last season so um I think there's an interesting dynamic too especially just because this is the last season before USC and UCLA comes in new big 10 commissioner. It just feels like we're like in a transition in the conference. There's like just a lot of moving pieces and shifting um, along with the, the landscape of college football in general with NIL and um, the transfer portal and all that. So it just feels like there's a lot of chaos in the big 10 right now. And I don't know, it, it probably is kind of how it mostly is anyways, but it just feels like even more so now. I'm going to predict that Wisconsin is picked to win the West. I'm predicting Iowa second. I'm predicting Minnesota third, although I had Illinois third. Um, and then Minnesota, I think those will be the top four teams. Nebraska five, probably Purdue six at this point, and Northwestern seven. Hey, we got a question from Kennington Smith the third. Skinny Kenny, 
weighing in. Applaud it. He's he's rooting for Tyler to succeed him with flying colors. Off to a great start. Uh, Kennington's Big Ten Media Day's question is this. Will KF mention any impressive true freshmen? 2021 and 22 have seen freshmen such as Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce, Connor Colby, Caleb Johnson, etc. make immediate impacts. Don't forget Drew Stevens, Skinny Kenny, always dismissing the special teams. You know the Hawk Central radio show is pro-special teams uh, advantages. Uh, I don't know. That's a really good question, Kennington. Uh, I know I'm not going to pretend Tyler that you're super familiar with the incoming freshman class just yet. So, um, I mean, I just think, uh, I think this, this freshman class is going to be more about guys on special teams would be my guess, Kennington. Um, I think if you look up and down the roster other than, um, receiver where they could use somebody, I mean, we'll see if, you know, maybe a Dayton Howard potentially, um, you know, somebody like that could contribute, but they don't necessarily need help anywhere um, on the top line anyway. Backups, yeah, they need some depth. Uh, you know, Ben Keeter is going to be fascinating what he is able to do. Um, uh, you know, the world champion wrestler. Um, I think he. I, I think he's going to be a topic of a question probably at some point. Um, but uh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm going to say no just because they don't need somebody. Like like Keegan Johnson a couple of years, I, I think, was on the depth chart, and so was Connor Colby. So uh, that was pretty notable. But they also enrolled early, and there weren't a ton of guys that enrolled early this year um, for the Hawks. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that in that way. Tyler, you wrote about – we both wrote about receivers this week. Let's talk a little receivers as we lead into Big Ten Media Days. Um, yeah, I wrote about Caleb Brown. You wrote about Nico Regini. Uh, huge question mark. Uh, this position group is uh, curious if if Kirk Ferentz sheds any light on his expectations for Caleb Brown. Caleb Brown's expectations for himself are that he is an automatic impact starter. Was his words. Um, I think we know kind of what Nico brings to the table. But why don't you talk a little bit about kind of what you learned about Nico in writing that article? Yeah, I think it was just interesting because he's he's a guy that's been around the program for a while, been through a lot, and to feel like he can be a guy not only that can make an impact with his play, but also someone with all the kind of moving pieces on offense that he can be a guy that can help be that kind of veteran leader and, and help establish, continue establishing the culture. And because, I mean, you have, I think, I mean, the, the expectations for Caleb Brown are really high coming in. And he he certainly didn't do anything to kind of uh, turn down that at all when when uh, you had talked to him. But uh, also, uh, you know, Seth Anderson from from Charleston Southern, uh, he's another kind of new guy coming in uh, who was who successful there um, coming from a lower level to see if he's able to make the jump up and then. You also have, you know, guy like Deontay Vines who had a, a limited role last season, but uh, can he make the make an improvement, make a jump up? Uh, because I mean, I, you know, Iowa is like they're losing. I feel like they did lose a, a fair amount of production wide receiver wise with uh, Arlen Bruce leaving, uh, Brody Brecht, um, and then I mean Sam Laporta obviously a tight end, but that's a big hit as well. So I think. I think that 
I was the I was offense. The, their struggles, like I feel like it was a full unit struggle. It wasn't like like I've I've talked about before, where it's like uh, Spencer Peaches will take a lot of the hit, you know, a, a lot of the criticism. But like I feel like it truly was like a full offensive letdown in terms of where you could place blame realistically. Like I think part of it was on the wide receivers, but that also goes to the effect of like them being injured. So that, you know, that's a factor as well, but offensive line, uh, you know, wide receivers, quarterback play. But I think it goes without saying that if, if you have guys out there on the perimeter that are consistently gaining separation, uh, making plays in, in, hauling in catches in, in tough spots that that's going to make it easier for everyone. And not only that, but that's going to open up holes for Caleb Johnson and that's going to open up all different types of things. So you kind of, at that point, you things open up all over the place. If you, if the wide receivers do their job, if the O-line does their job, all that, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know. I'm kind of random. That's, that's how I see it. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of curious what, where Kirk Ferentz kind of sets the bar for expectations this week in terms of the offense, because last year, uh, actually, I can't remember if I sent you this video or not, Tyler, but he usually does a little side session, like 10 to 15 minutes with Iowa media because the, you know, national or regional media kind of consumes a lot of his time at the other podiums. But um, I watched the video again, just to remember like um, what he had said. And there was about, about midway through the video, I like asked him a question like it's like I kind of said it sort of like surprised I guess. I said, "You seem kind of you seem pretty upbeat about the offense. Like do you really think it's going to be a lot better because it was bad to end 2021 as you probably know." Um <clears throat> and he goes, "Whoa." He's like he's kind of laughs and he goes, "It must be pretty bad out there." You know, like and you know, in terms of like expectations for the offense. And he, but then he answered like, yeah, I really do think it's going to be better. Like, you know, we're, we're just like a little bit off here and there and all that stuff. And uh, so it was kind of interesting to look back at that because even he said then, like he thought it was going to be better and the expectations were in the gutter and they were way worse than anyone expected, including Kirk Ferentz, obviously. So um, I'm kind of curious now, now expectations on the outside are kind of growing because of McNamara, because of Eric all, Everyone's excited about Luke Lachey. He'll be there this week. Uh, Caleb Johnson, you know, kind of broke through last year. You know, the transfers on the O-line. I wrote about Rusty Feth a while ago. I wrote about Dejon Parker this week and Logan Jones. Check that story out at Hawk Central. It actually published today. Um, You know, and then Richmond and Colby on the left side. You feel, yeah, maybe the starting five could be okay. And then Jennings Dunker, you know, two-time hay bale champ. So, (laughs) Uh, he could be in there somewhere. Tyler Ellsbury, Bo Stevens. Um, but you really need Logan Jones to, to emerge. But I don't know. I'm just kind of curious if he's going to try to temper expectations or what. And then I should point out also that I do get to talk to Kelton Copeland tomorrow in, on my way to Indianapolis, actually. So he's going to be on the radio show this week uh, to talk about the wide receivers. So I, what I'm telling you, Hawkeye fans out there, and we'll kind of close up here in a moment, but is you're going to get a lot more information about your team, like starting, I mean, we've been getting it the last week or so, but like tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, there's going to be a lot more chatter. We're going to have a lot more to talk about come Wednesday night, come Thursday afternoon. 
kind of excited. Yeah, and I think uh, going off of the importance of Logan Jones and how Iowa's offense struggled last season, I, I think people realize, but maybe not the extent to which, like, Tyler Linderbaum was important to what Iowa did just at because he was so good and not only because he was so good on the offensive line for Iowa but also because he was center and that's basically like the quarterback for the O-line and you literally can't do anything on offense unless you snap the ball and um, losing him I think you know after the 2021 season and him going on to the NFL that uh that you know that maybe was the ripple effects of that were maybe more than what people expected um having a new center come in and um but yeah and and speaking of Jennings Dunker if we do uh you know a register hay bale toss I feel like we gotta like I feel like we gotta sign him to a little NIL thing to sponsor it or like I I don't know I feel like he's he's gotta it's gotta be like the the Jennings Dunker like Des Moines register hay bale toss or something of that sort Man, my back is not good enough to give that a whirl. I'm I'm trying to just get through my men's league tennis season. I don't need any hay bale injuries. <laughs> Man, I had the broken leg and ankle earlier this year, so <clears throat> I'm trying to focus my uh, my minimal athletic exposure. Um, all right, well, this is fun. Uh, thank you, Tyler Tashman. Thank you, Hawkeye fans, for listening. Um, probably like some loose ends we left out that we can talk so long on a Hawkeye football here. But we want to kind of get you a little bite-sized half-hour podcast here before we head to Indy. I'm leaving first thing in the morning, basically, and Tyler will meet me there tomorrow night. As I mentioned, Gable Steveson announcing his um, future. We don't know with specifics or not, but that'll be on uh, USA Network. I believe it starts at 7 o'clock. I admittedly don't know anything about WWE, um, so I don't know if that's like a you know, if it goes to like midnight or two hours or what, but sometime during that show, he's supposed to announce what he's doing. He's going to go back to college. He's going to Minnesota. Is he going to Iowa? Is he going to stay in the WWE NXT or whatever it is? Um, sorry to be so, um, you know, whatever clueless on the WWE. It's just not my, not my thing. Um, I should have George Kittle on or something to talk about it. <laughs> Um, any final thought? I'll give you the last word here, Tyler. Uh, last thoughts about Big Ten Media Days as we preview our week ahead. Any other? How about this? Any other teams that you're most interested? You talked about Luke Fickle, so take them off. Other teams, other coaches, anything you're most interested to hear from this week? Um. Well, so I've last last year did did Harbaugh? Does he still wear? The khakis to Big Ten meet. That was my biggest question. Does does he wear Big Ten meet? Uh, or does he wear khakis to Big Ten media day? He usually wears like really. He's kind of dressed down a little bit and has like the Michigan cap on. Like you won't see Kirk okay. Ferentz with a Hawkeye cap on. Okay, he'll be he'll be in the suit and tie. Probably have a haircut. Um, but yeah. So you're excited. You're excited to hear from Michigan, huh? Uh, yeah. I think. Well, I think from an Iowa perspective, um with Cade McNamara leaving, yeah, but still being call. like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's a, a pretty big storyline from an Iowa perspective and also from a Michigan perspective. And, and then I feel like with the transfer portal too, like Caleb Brown came from Ohio state, you have all these guys that are now like transferring in within their own conference and you're kind of seeing they're seeing the teams that they left. So I feel like that kind of brings a interesting dynamic. I, I think just in general, like, 
the dynamic at media days is interesting because you just have a bunch of these high profile coaches kind of in the same place. And I feel like there tends to be, uh, you know, there can be some drama or got people, you get little sound bites or whatever out of it. But, um, I mean, on a, on a more serious level, like just the, the whole situation at, at Northwestern, um, and, and, you know, what's been alleged against, them and all that is just is you know disheartening to see and it's something that they're gonna have to kind of face um full you know right right in the full front um you know this week so it's gonna be interesting to see kind of how all that you know how they handle all that and how all that yeah. up. yeah for sure thank you tyler uh yeah I'll, I'll just you made me think about last year uh when i covered big 10 media days um i think the most read story i wrote that week that week was what PJ Flex said about Kirk Ferentz using all three of his timeouts, uh, I think that was last year, and uh, in that 2020, maybe it was two years ago he did that. But anyway, one of those, a recent year, uh, when Kirk Ferentz used all those timeouts, maybe it was two years ago. But um, see, I can't remember. They all blur together. But anyway, um, so you never. What I'm saying is, you never know what's going to come out. Some some kind of, uh, you know mercurial um storyline will come out whatever uh we'll we'll have it there we'll be we'll be covering for you uh double barrel uh myself tyler tashman dargan southern will be back back home kind of uh, <clears throat> making sure we don't miss anything that kirk says on tv um when we can't talk to him so uh, we have you covered at hawkcentral.com and we've got the radio show wednesday night so uh and well i think we're probably going to do one more podcast while we're out there so Lots of stuff coming this week. Thank you, Tyler. Safe travels. I'll see you in person for the first time in my life tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Take care, Hawk fans, and uh, talk to you soon. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.